21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Storytelling in a sales presentation, so many people wonder why would you ever put a personal story in a sales presentation? And whether you're you're speaking to one person or a thousand people, having that interaction with your audience is so important for creating that connection and ultimately leading to the sale. Every individual has a story. Is that a fact? Do you think that every entrepreneur or wannabe entrepreneur can find his or her own pitch, opening speech? Everybody has their own stories and lots of them. The trouble is a lot of times figuring out which story to choose and which which one would be appropriate for the audience that you're speaking to. Uh, well, again, whether that's one person or, or a thousand people, the, the key is finding the story that has the, emotion, the most emotional impact to you so that when you are telling that story, the emotion comes through on that story. And I always like to tell my clients when I'm coaching them, it's like, don't just focus on the tragedies of your life. Think about some of the comedies as well that, you know, moments in your life that you've been super proud of or moments in your life that you, know, you learned a lesson. Those are really good stories to start to focus on. And then we always narrow it down to the one with the most emotional charge. But everybody has a great story and it's just a matter of uh, getting it out and formatting it in a way that's more interesting. What emotions are fine? Are there any emotions that we are not supposed to use or express when we are communicating our stories in the business context? In any sales presentation, there's two emotions that will drive the sale. So if you make your prospect laugh or you make them cry, you're going to make a sale, typically. So. It, you know, I wouldn't do an angry emotion. I wouldn't do an upset emotion. I would just stick to the really joyous type of stories and the stories that bring up maybe some sadness and, and some tears. Because all of that, again, drives towards a sale, but creates a human connection between yourself and the person that you're speaking to. And what to do if uh, when you are introverts, for example, or when you have fear for expressing emotions. Yeah, so many people, introverts in, in included in this, uh, especially, and I'm an introvert myself. 
emotions come up at any time and introverts oftentimes shy away from being more emotional just because it's it's uh it's vulnerable and lots of people don't like to be vulnerable but once you've learned the techniques of riding through emotions and seeing the benefits of creating that really good connection with your prospects then you know anybody can can use those emotions and especially um introverts let's go back to you and to your story so you have a lot of experience from script writing production experience but if you can share with us your life journey especially those parts of your life journey that are important for our topic today your experience of storytelling your experience of yourself of your emotions do you have any any work involved into awareness for example so not to be so much into autopilot states but to more connected with with yourself so, so not only business business journey but your personal journey as well so my entrepreneurial journey kind of started fairly young. So I was about 16 years old and, and you know, it wasn't the typical lemonade stand, by the way, but I, I started a, uh, a string quartet and a DJ business when I was 16 years old. And the way that I got clients and I didn't realize what I was doing at the time, but since I realized that I was doing direct response marketing at 16 years old. And what I would do is go to the Sunday newspaper when there was a Sunday newspaper, and I would look at all the wedding engagement announcements, and I would find the bride's names. Then I would go to the white pages, which, of course, we don't have anymore. And I would, I would just, I would do a reverse lookup, and or do a lookup of the bride's name, and it's it's so amazing now looking back. But in the white pages, you would have their full address and phone number. So I would just copy the, the address down and send them a letter with a demo tape and inviting them to have a consultation on you know what music that they'd like to have at their wedding. And that, that got me a ton of business. And in fact, one story in particular, I was at the bride's house doing the intake. So figuring out what music that she wanted and all that. And then uh, she's like, oh, you know, uh, are you still in school? I said, yeah, I'm still in school. And she's like, what, what school do you go to? I go to Northmont. And she's like, oh, I haven't heard of that university. Where is that? Oh, it's not. It's a it's a high school. And she just about fell off the floor when she was like, hey, how old are you? Oh, I'm 16. And oh, by the way, my mom's waiting in the car to pick me up. Can, are, are we done now? <laughs> of course, I had the check in hand. So all was good. But it was, it was just one of those moments where it, it was just an interesting, interesting time to to see somebody just kind of, uh, figure out that entrepreneurship, you know, can start at a very young age. Um, after after I started with that, I, I obviously went in, went on to college, got brainwashed into you know that I had I needed a job at a corporation, and you know, you'd stick with that job for thirty years, you get the gold Rolex and the four hundred one k, and all's going to be great. Well. Uh, didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> so I got a degree in theater management. And my first job offer out of college in the theater was for a box office manager in off-loop Chicago theater company, uh, earning a measly $14,000 a year. And 
I mean, I have two really bad habits that need to be supported, which are eating and sleeping indoors. So that wasn't quite enough to support those two two habits. So I went to work in, in corporate America. I started doing uh, logistics work for oil and gas, and that propelled me along the way. But all the time, I always had little side gigs and little little side hustles. And eventually, you know, sitting behind a desk and and just not doing a lot of movement, I, I got overweight, quite overweight. I got up to about 200 pounds, and I'm only 5'7". And so it wasn't, it wasn't a really good look on, on me. <laughs> And I saw my doctor when I was 30 years old and he said, you know, look, like you need to lose weight. You have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. And if you continue this route, you'll be lucky to see 40. And that kind of shook me up. And I was like, well, gosh, doc, what should I do? And he said, well, you need to take these two pills, one for high blood pressure, one for cholesterol. I was like, gosh, you know, I'm, I'm too young to be on prescription medication. So doc, is there anything else that you might suggest? And he said, well... People try to do this thing called diet and exercise, but, you know, just take the pills. Yeah, it's like, no, I think I'm going to try that because I always like a challenge. So I found a book. It was called Body for Life. And it was uh, back in 2001. It was a real popular book. They had a $100,000 contest for whoever would have the best body transformation. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. I like money and I need to lose weight. So it's kind of a good combination. So 12-week body transformation program, I followed it to AT. And in 12 weeks, I lost 40 pounds of fat and I gained 10 pounds of muscle. But more importantly, my cholesterol came back down to normal. My blood pressure came right back down. And when I saw my doctor, he was like, gosh, I'm like, who are you? Like, I don't even recognize who you are anymore. And I said, like, well, I didn't take your advice. And I did that diet and exercise. So, and then I promptly fired him. That's <laughs> it's my doctor. Uh, I did not win the $100,000, though, but I did get a T-shirt that said I participated. And what's funny is that they sent me an extra large T-shirt, and it was quite large on me. I was only a medium at the time because I lost all the weight. But that whole process got me to fall in love with fitness. And as I went through the whole 12-week body transformation, people at work were asking me, you know, what's your secret? What are you taking? All the normal stuff that people want to know, like all the shortcuts. And I really enjoyed teaching them more about nutrition and more about exercise. And I was like, gosh, you know, I should monetize this at, at, in some way. So I got certified as a personal trainer. I started training people before work, after work, and I absolutely loved it. And within a couple of years, it like, you know, going to the day job, which was, you know, supporting me very, very well, um, it just started draining on me. I was like, is it really worth a six figure income to be in the stress? I'd much rather do what I love. So uh, ultimately, I exited the corporate world and I went all in on being a fitness trainer and owning a fitness center. So I dumped out my 401k and I, bought an existing fitness center and then quickly doubled the size of it in square footage, not, not in people. Uh, but, because I wanted to be everything to everybody, which was mistake number one. Uh, and then within six months, I was just about broke. And I was broke financially, spiritually, emotionally. I was like, gosh, you know, I've been able to manage millions of dollars of freight and logistics costs at 
you know, Fortune 500 companies. Why can't I run a small business? And the truth of the matter is, you know, as all entrepreneurs ultimately figure out, is that, you know, owning a business is quite different than working in the corporate world. You have to wear all sorts of different hats. You have to be a jack of all trades and you have to master them all too, which is which is hard. And and oftentimes it's very lonely. There's not a lot of people around uh, that that understand what entrepreneurs go through. And when I hit that really low point, I realized, you know, one one Sunday afternoon, which was really, really difficult, that I was going to be $10,000 short uh, by the Friday. So it was Sunday, Friday, I was going to be $10,000 short to pay my rent and do payroll. And at that point, I was like, gosh, what am I like? What am I lacking? And I, I realized that there were two things that I was lacking. One is support. So other people that understood. So I was like, I need to get a coach. I need to find somebody that's done this before that has more experience that's going to help me out. And the second thing was, I didn't know how to sell. I could not close a door to save my life. Uh, and once I got coaching and I learned how to sell and I and I dove deep into sales psychology, I read all sorts of books and just found my way. And ultimately, I came up with a process of selling that included telling my own personal story of my weight loss journey in with the sales presentation. But more importantly, I was interested in what that person wanted for, you know, why they came into the fitness center, why they wanted to join the program. And once I got more interested in them, shared my own personal story, and then just followed a good process of sales, my business quadrupled the very next year. Uh, I was, you know, the first year of business, I squeezed out maybe $100,000. The second year of business, I did $400,000, primarily because I learned how to sell and incorporating that personal story in with sales. And, you know, I, I do that, you know, I owned that business for 10 years. I sold it uh, six years ago. But in that process of selling one-on-one, I realized also that that wasn't the most efficient. So I started to do public speaking. And again, including my personal story in that in that talk. And that started to grow the business exponentially because now I was selling one to many at one time. And and I really, I really believe truly that it was a combination of including my own personal story, the stories of people that I've helped and then just having a really good process around selling. And that's, you know, what I teach my my clients now is, you know, one, understanding the sales process because that's super important. But then also why they need to include their own personal story in with their sales to, you know, double their income almost immediately, which is which is crazy to think about, you know, how a very simple process sales process and adding story in with it can dramatically change somebody's business forever
having energy throughout the day is is kind of paramount in my life uh to be able to show up for my clients to be able to show up for a sales consultation as well and that energy for me and for many people comes from just having a really good daily routine so typically i'll wake up i'm i i work in i live and work in asia or live in asia but i work and support people in the us and the uk so my day is shifted to based on us time so i wake up at around nine o'clock in the morning and a lot of people are like oh wake up early <laughs> like that's not gonna happen for me but i wake up at nine o'clock and the first thing i do is put on my put on my shoes and i and and shorts and t-shirt and i go to the gym and that is just my way of waking up i do the mundane tasks of you know going through email and and things like that listen to a podcast uh listen to audiobooks and all that good stuff so that gives me the energy for the day and then i come back in and i plan out my day and i am ready to rock and roll for that day and especially if i have sales consultations for that day i'm able to show up and be present and have the energy that i need and you know having that daily routine and having the daily exercise because hit the day running you know allows me to hit the day running People ask me about storytelling. Uh, the first thing always comes up with, I don't have a, a good story to tell. I don't have a near life death experience or things like that. And when I'm working with clients, the very first thing that I have everybody do is take an inventory of their stories of their life, the moments that they've learned something. And then we go through a whole process. So what I have is a, a, a workbook that allows people to go through and create their own personal story, first identify what that story is, and then also create it using the framework of you know what every good Hollywood movie uses, which is the hero's journey. And I'd love for everybody to have that. And it can be downloaded at my website at www.tomjacobs.com slash storybook. And when you download that, there'll also be a, a free training as I take one of my clients through changing up her story. So you can watch that video and see how we can rearrange stories to make them really impactful and very dramatic. Um, where a lot of people think, well, I, the story isn't very good, but once we're done with it, they're like, oh my gosh, that really happened to me? That sounds amazing. And it is their story. It's just how we arrange it to have a dramatic effect. So um, that's the the freebie that I want everybody to, to have. And then, you know, if, if it's of interest, I can help people with designing their presentation or their sales presentation or their speaking uh, presentation, turn that into a performance, which ultimately allows you to make more profits. And that's my 3P program, presentation, performance, and profits. The art of the pitch can be daunting for many. How do you coach individuals to create pitches that don't really feel like pitches? What's the magic behind it? 
when giving a presentation, and again, whether this is to one person or lots of people, um, and and you want to make a sale at the end of the presentation, this is where a lot of people struggle because they they're like, oh, I just I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to come across as pushy, and especially heart centered salespeople is who I typically work with. They've oftentimes we I should say because I'm in that industry feel like we shouldn't have to push somebody to do something that they don't want to do. And that is absolutely correct. You they shouldn't you shouldn't push somebody to do something that they don't want to do. But we need to find out what the problem is so that we're ultimately solving that problem for them. And that pitch is just if it's done correctly, it should not even sound like a pitch, but a natural ending to your presentation with the next step. So if you've done your work at the first part of the presentation, people should just be automatically wanting to know what's the next step. And so you don't even have to ask. They should be asking you what's the next step. But ultimately, if you're doing a presentation, that pitch is a very soft, you know, if you want some more information, just download my free book or, you know, come see me afterwards uh, there. Or, you know, we can definitely talk about next steps uh, on our next call. So that's, those are just some words to use that ease the whole fear of pitching. Uh, and so it doesn't even really sound like a pitch in the end. One of the clients that I work with, uh, just a uh, just amazing woman, uh, her name is Fatima, and she runs a fitness business, a, a boot camp out in California. And she came to me because she wanted to be able to share her personal story of why she got into fitness in the first place so that she could increase her business. And ultimately, she was going to start with her church group, which is always a good thing to do because they're very supportive generally. So um, we worked on her personal story, which was absolutely a, an amazing journey that she went through. So basically, she she grew up in Africa, and uh, I, I forget which country, uh, but it was not uncommon for young girls to basically be sold into slavery, um, and and that's what happened to her. At 12 years old, she was offered to wed a 54 year old man. And it, obviously she didn't want to do that. And she ultimately ran away from home um, because of the prospect of having to marry this old man. And she, and then that, I mean, the analogy of running because she is a runner as well, that's where her running started. And she ran and ran and ran and, and ultimately found some missionaries that helped her, got her some education, got her some coaching and running as well. And ultimately, she qualified for the Olympics and, um, and, and went to the, the Atlanta Olympics. I think that was uh, 88 or some, somewhere around there. Uh, and that's where the bombing happened, if people remember that. Um, but she got a silver medal in a, a relay race. So silver medalist. 
And she had this whole just traumatic childhood just growing up, but that's what brought her to become a runner. So we, we put her, her stories together and it was a pretty heavy story. So we, we created this roller coaster ride for their audience. So we created all this tension and then, then we relieved the tension with a, maybe a little joke and got them to laugh a little bit. So when things started to get heavy and ultimately um, her very first presentation that she did to her, her church group, she got a standing ovation at the very end of it. And uh, just the way that she was describing it to me was just, just so amazing. But then she continued giving her talk to other groups and just and ultimately promoting her business at the same time. And after a year of doing this, her business had actually doubled from the primary marketing of getting out and talking to people, sharing her personal story with the call to action of joining her program. And now people understood why she was so passionate about fitness and and just were attracted to her story and her philosophies. And that's why her, her business ultimately grew. The best way to, to get in touch with me would ultimately be on my website. So again, that's Tom Jacobs, T-O-M-J-A-C-K-O-B-S.com. I have a lot of resources on the website. You can download that storybook as well. Um, and, and find out more about why I'm passionate about helping people improve their business by storytelling and improving their sales. Um, and, you know, look me up on LinkedIn, Instagram, or, uh, Facebook as well. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. Imagine a space where triumphs, trials, and tales of entrepreneurship come alive. Welcome to the 21st Century Entrepreneurship Podcast, a gold awarded journey hosted by Martin Piskorik, connecting with listeners in 95 countries and ranking in the top 0.5% of all podcasts. Join our exclusive community, elevate your perspective, and embark on the path to success.